from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Hey there, this is Barton Simmons. Yesterday we talked about the five stars, one through 16. Today we finished that discussion. We'll be going 17 through 32. So go ahead and listen to yesterday's episode if you haven't yet. Uh, We'll close off the five-star discussion. Uh, Let's get it rolling. So number 17 is an interesting one. Jordan Birch, South Carolina commit, not a signee yet. Uh, He, I I would say probably we were heading into the All-American season um, needing some questions answered on Jordan Birch. And I'd say if anything, like he dropped here, he dropped from eight to 17 and he had previously dropped from like two to eight before that. So there is, I think it's fair to say that, that, you know, his senior season wasn't what we wanted it to be. Um, just give like, he was good. And, and so it's, it's all relative, but um, given the competition he plays, which is really low-level competition, he wasn't as dominant as you wanted him to be. And so, you know, I, we, I don't know that we knew what to expect for him out of the All-American game. And, Charles, would you agree or would you say that he probably exceeded our expectations a little bit and kind of kind of slowed that fall from from what we what might have been either steeper drop? Yeah, so I, I think of everybody at the Under Armour game, Jordan Birch – Play, like he plays the worst competition on, on Friday nights. Most of the most of the guys he's going up against in in his like the private school league in South Carolina would not start for like a, your average uh, high school. So it's really like for me, it was more like it wasn't even like that. He may be disappointed as a senior. It's just hard. Like, it's just hard to tell. Right. Like he's and and you kind of see that. So you know, seeing him at Under Armour, moving around in drills. Uh, you know, just kind of in, especially like at, at times flashing in, in one-on-ones and team periods, like you see it, like he has five-star uh, physical tools. He has that athleticism, his size, uh, he's gotten bigger. He really kind of might be like an interior guy now. At, I, I would ballpark him probably at, you know, 270, 280. Um, but, but he's really light on his feet. And if you were just kind of going through picking like who are the five-star um, you know, physical guy, physical like physical trait guys here. Yeah, right. He he would be one for sure. Um, and I think he showed that at times. But then also there were also times where, like, he really kind of like basically when he would go to get blocked, it was like he didn't never he didn't know what to do. And I, I think a lot of that's because he's never really been blocked before. So I I, I think. Jordan Birch definitely showed the the five star upside, and that's why we still have him there. But he's probably not as uh, as ready to play as some of the ones ahead of him, and that's probably why he moved down a little bit. Um, it, the upside is there, but he's probably going to need a little time on campus, and, and really, to be frank, going up against um, better players than he's seen before. But um, we, we we saw the the upside there, and it's it's it, it's. Um, definitely evident. So I, I think with him, it was just more about maybe kind of recalibrating him, um, you know, kind of more in that, in that 10 to 20 range. And really uh, it's also worth noting, like we, our, our sample size in Jordan Birch was, was pretty low. Like we haven't, we hadn't seen him against this type of competition in, in really a year. So um, it was really, we were kind of just holding off to the all-star game to get a better um, kind of, kind of indicator on where he stood. At number 18, 
LSU signee Elias Ricks, who didn't play in an All-American Bowl. He had, I think, labrum surgery. Um, played at IMG Academy as a senior. Had a, a down year as a senior, only relative to what his year was as a junior, which was just this insane season. We had like nine picks and six, six for touchdowns. Um, still had a good year for IMG, but just not, not, not quite as demonstrative. Um, so I, I think really this ranking as much as anything was sort of a, a reset and, and a, obviously he didn't do a lot to like, there's, there wasn't an active drop. He went from 10 to 18, but more of just look when you, when you compare him to the guys above him, we just like the guys above him a little bit better. He's, you know, he's going to have to get stronger. He's going to get faster, but he has great ball skills. He's great competitive nature. Um, and he's played at two of the biggest high school programs in the country. So we, we feel very strongly about his ability and particularly when you really dig back into that junior season, um, but you know, I think 18 is a fair spot given who, who we slid above them. Yeah. And, and, and Rick Ricks was, was, I would say good at, at the opening finals. Um, probably not, you know, like he probably wasn't our top corner. Um, but, but he's always been, been really solid. Um, and, and I think like, like you mentioned, Bart with his size and ball skills kind of make him certainly one of the better corners, um, in, in the class and, and kind of what he did as a, as a junior was, about as good of a junior season as you could expect for a corner with his all of his interceptions and whatnot. Um, I, I guess kind of keeping it out, keeping it out on the West Coast um, or in, in the West, we had we had Noah Sewell, really one of the more unique uh, body types, uh, kind of athleticism combos that we we've seen. Barton, uh, I guess he's over two seventy, um, <laughs> yeah. linebacker. Uh, we were, I, I kind of weren't at first really knowing like where he would play. I think we maybe might've had him as an athlete. We changed his position to linebacker. I think after seeing him at the all American bowl, I, I, I'm, I think we're kind of in lockstep on thinking he's gonna probably be a lot stay as a linebacker at the next level. Um, depending on maybe how he's used on the outside inside, I guess that could, you know, be hashed out, especially with the scheme, but, but kind of what are your thoughts on, on on Noah Sewell? I, I know. I mean, I think everybody kind of agrees. This guy's pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, so unique. Like, there's a couple guys in this class that that is hard to really dig up a comp for, and, and Noah is certainly one of them. I, I I mean, I think the best you could do, or the best I can do for a comp, is probably Devin White, because when you think back at what Devin White was coming out of high school, he was about 260 pounds. He played fullback and 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 in high school, or running back in high school as well. Um, the Devin White tested a little bit better from a speed standpoint than Noah Sewell, but I would say Noah Sewell has been more impressive even than Devin White when we've seen him in person in terms of his body movement, the way he accelerates to the football, the way he sees it and sniffs it out. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, a two, like there's, there's a, a conversation to be had about what is, like, is he a three technique? Is he a, is he a, a drop end? Is he like, like what are the ways he can impact a game? And we talked about this on the call and like, he is still six, one plus he's two seventy three. that, you know, and that'll, I think that'll be more like two fifty five, two fifty in college uh, when Oregon sort of gets him in their, their strength and conditioning program. Uh, but you know, he's got 31 and change arms. And ultimately I think linebacker is a better spot for a guy like that particularly as unique as his skill set is and, and how what how much he can impact a game. So um, we settled on linebacker for sure for him and, and, and I think settled on a good spot for him at 19th in the country given just, man, I got, that's similar to Justin Flo, the other Oregon signee. 
every time he shows up somewhere, you're going to know he's there. Yeah, and he was the the alpha dog of the All-American Bowl, made a ton of plays. I think seeing him in the context of that game, you realize – um, you know, this guy's just a football player. He's going to find ways to, to impact the game. I think he had interception. He was really good in pursuit. Like there are times where, of course, like this guy's 270 pounds, like you get him matched up on a, an elite running back. He's maybe going to struggle at times to cover him. But I think if you put him in the right situation and kind of move him around and just let his instincts take over and like with his high effort level, he's going to make a lot of plays. So I, I think it's just kind of viewing him in, in that context as a linebacker. Um, you were, helpful in us getting the the appropriate grade on Keishon Boutte because this was another kid we hadn't seen really a whole lot of in person until the Under Armour game Um, you came away very impressed with him he's 20th the LSU signee looks like they got another dude that could come in and really impact the pass game yeah and it it's funny because I in reviewing all these receivers senior seasons kind of when we were at the early signing day um, you know, at the time, L- LSU had lost commitments from uh, Jermaine Burton and Rakeem Jarrett, with them both flipping, like really, I guess, like right, kind of on, on that on that day. And I I thought at the time, like if if you just kind of look at it, Boutte had the best senior season of of, of all three, um, despite being the lowest rated, and uh, and. I guess kind of going in with with that expectation as as, as a guy that we haven't really seen much of at, at Under Armour. I mean, he he exceeded he exceeded basically everything I, I expected. I, I wasn't like you. You see him in high school. He's really uh, uh, just a dynamic athlete who I think he had a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving, and it really does a lot in the return game. But man, like he is a polished receiver. I thought he was the quickest guy off the line. Um, he made contested catches, strong hands, bigger than I thought he was. Um, it just meant like he he had a great week and it was kind of like you could make a case he maybe had a more complete week at, at Under Armour than Julian Fleming maybe not the highlights that that Fleming had but uh, I, I think he's definitely in the mix like I, he to me was the kind of the easy an easy five star receiver uh, he gave the corners fits all week and and then you know combining that with like the athleticism he shows I think he just ran one of the fastest two hundred meter times in the country already. Um, just, just a dynamic athlete. And, and I think he's one that it was really a matter of us just kind of seeing him and eyeballing him and getting a better perspective on, you know, his, just his overall skill set as a receiver and not because he kind of out athletes everybody in high school, but really the, the polish and just the complete receiver skill set was to me, what, what was so surprising. No, I think that's the key point. Yeah. He ran 21, two in January, this January, like that's moving. That's going to be like sub 21 by the end of this, this, the, the track season. But like we found that track speed is not everything at receiver. It's really about like some some natural feel for the position. So I think the fact that he has that, the fact that he has the productivity, that was ultimately what what was the difference with him. Um, at 21, Texas signee Bijan Robinson is our running back. Is he our top running back? I guess he is. He is. He's our top yeah. running back in the country. And and I I think, I mean, he was outstanding at the All American Bowl. Caught the ball really well. Really versatile. Um, but just dating back to like back in the summer when we were sort of revamping our rankings and, and digging back into junior film and that sort of thing, like he just, he just jumps off the screen from an explosiveness and athleticism standpoint. And I know that the, the, the quality of competition maybe varies a little bit out there, but, and, and he didn't have any sort of documented testing numbers. And so there was always this, a little bit of an unknown with Bijan Robinson throughout the process. Um, 
just a, like a hint of uncertainty from, and particularly from our West Coast guys who just, you know, that's it's, it's their head. Like they're the ones that are have to to live with with their decisions on the rankings out there. And so, I, I just think the more we learned about him, not only on the field but off the field from a character standpoint and the reputation that he's developed around Arizona and for imposing coaches and those sort of things, uh, the more comfortable we got. And, and he just, by the time of the final rankings rolled around, he, he was the guy that we felt most confident in, I think for good reason. Yeah. I was, I was really interested to kind of see his, his burst and, and how he, how he ran, you know, just like, like you said, it, it, it's tough to tell kind of on, on, on the competition. He's from Tucson, Arizona, and they the way they do it in Arizona, they play, actually play open division. So he he did play some some strong teams once they got in the playoffs. But, man, like he's he's the all-time leading rusher in the state of Arizona. He averaged – I mean, this is crazy. He averaged 17.7 yards a carry as a senior. Um, and, and, like, I, I think when you look at that and his skill set, I think he's the best pass-catching back in this class. Um, he, he's one that could could play receiver if he wanted to, to be honest. Um, so you, you kind of take all of that in consideration with how he looked in that in that setting um, at, at the All-Star game and his uh, contact balance. He's just kind of an all-purpose back. I think he you can use him in a lot of different ways, a lot of different offenses. Um, and, and there's just really not a, like, I just don't think there's a whole lot of questions. He's He probably has the least questions of any of the running backs in this class. And I think that's probably why we felt best about him being the top back. At 22, uh, we got our number three cornerback, Demory Tate, who's signed with Florida State. Um, confession, like after after his junior season, I feel like I really kind of be- thought he was an upside guy with good speed who just doesn't have a whole lot of natural DB instincts and just, he's just sort of like a, an upside play. And then he showed up at the opening finals and had just a, a totally eye-opening performance and and I feel like that the light almost came on and the senior film has been really good and he's got verified track and testing numbers and you know I think he was sort of one of these players that we had a hunch was a five-star and needed him to just validate it at the Under Armour game and Charles like you know I guess you felt like he did right yeah and he was to me, I thought he was the best corner at the opening finals and at, at Under Armour. Um, and, and I remember t- kind of getting a first look at him at, at the opening finals. And I was I kind of made, made a note. I was like, I'm, he doesn't really know how to backpedal. And then you and, and then you put him in the in the context of a live situation and he's locking down all the receivers. So you're talking about like he once he gets his technique, he's going to be even better. He's handling the, these these top receivers at all-star events without really kind of knowing what he was doing. Like you said, he was kind of an athlete, played all over the place. Um, so he's one that I think once he locks in in college, that kind of points to his upside that he's already this good. And, and it was re- really long, great size, athleticism. I think there's, you know, the kind of the sky's the limit for him as a corner. At number 23, this is a guy that I think you were a little bit surprised that you yeah. <laughs> like that that we landed on five star with him, but not. But I think you also agreed that you know it, it wasn't against your objections. Like you just didn't know you would get there with him, and and, and right. here we are, Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame signee, as a five star. What, what, what talk about how you wrestle with that one a little bit? Yeah. So whenever you brought up Michael Mayer as as a possibility, I was like, I was like, really? And then I like, I kind of like, I think over that night, I kind of you know, took some time and, and just like kind of blank slate, like, all right, let's just look at this guy's prospect. And really when you think about it, it's, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, 
mad at myself that I didn't think of him as one before. Uh, so like, I guess dating back to, we, we saw him at the the opening regional in Nashville. He was diving for balls in the rain. He was really, I guess, one of the better players there at, at the opening finals. Um, you know, I guess he won MVP. He, I think it had as many touchdowns as anybody. Um, and then we, we, he goes into his senior year. He's the Kentucky Gatorade player of the year. He's also a great basketball player. He plays both ways. If you kind of look at the clips from that state cha- state championship game, he's just making in- incredible effort plays uh, on, on both sides of the ball. And then we got the all American bowl and he's, he's great. I mean, he's, he's kind of, and, and it, it like I, during the week, I think Barton, I, we were talking about, I, I was like, I think I asked you, you know, is, is Michael Mayer the second best tight end in this cycle? And kind of comparing him to maybe like a Darnell Washington, um, Jalen Conyers, who who we liked a lot. And I um, I, I think like I you, I, you agreed and, and brought him up as a five star, which I think was a, a really good call. Kind of looking back on on just everything he does. And I, to me, the thing with with Michael Mayer, it's it's not only the the super consistent body of work. I, Barton, I think I thought you made a great point by. Uh, you know, talking when we were kind of hashing this out as like, we've never seen him drop a ball before really reliable hands. And to me uh, at, at, at tight end, one of the critical factors is, you know, quickness at the top of your route ability to separate within your route. And to, I, I think Michael Mayer is maybe the best of that in this class, but I, I know he was kind of the kind of one that you brought up as, as a five-star and I, I know you're really high on him also. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things is like this, we've talked all along about how this is this tight end, like the year of the tight ends, this phenomenal tight end crop. And I think, you know, there's Eric Gilbert, who is this freak of nature and there's Darnell Washington, who's six, eight, and there's Theo Johnson, who's six, six. And then there's, uh, Jalen Conyers, who's this sort of tiny school, tiny town anomaly. And and so there's all these like extreme traits to these guys. And Michael Mayer, just sort of steady as she goes, flying like, I wouldn't say under the radar, but like just a little bit of a more understated guy. And then, you know, you kind of look up and it's like, what event has he not dominated that we've been at? Yeah, and exactly. and then, you like you said, you sort of start to dig into his profile basketball and and both sides of the ball and football and all that stuff and you're like all right like what do we like why would we not make him a five star so um so yeah ultimately that's one i feel pretty good about um penn state's got another five star linebacker uh at number 24 curtis jacobs uh long guy we've we've long been excited about and bullish on given his profile and what he does in the basketball court what he can do catching the football on the perimeter as a receiver uh I think he did enough, Charles, at, at, at Under Armour to 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 lock that five star spot down, right? Yeah, and it, it's always tough to to judge linebackers in that setting, especially in practice. So you, you try to watch them in the game and, and kind of how they move. And Curtis Jacobs had a great senior year. Um, definitely one of the best uh, high school players, kind of in that Atlantic East Eastern Seaboard area. Um, and I kind of going back watching, um, kind of watching one on ones and. and just clips from from the opening finals. I thought he was maybe like one of the best cover linebackers out there also. And he's he's a guy who could play on the edge. Like he really kind of plays as a pass rusher in high school. So you're talking about like just the complete skill set, uh, just hit with his size, athleticism, makes plays at, at every event he goes to, um, and, and on top of being a great high school player. So I know he's one that we're probably higher on than most, but I, I think it's it's merited. He's just a really strong overall prospect with with not a lot of quite, not not a lot of holes in his game, but but also a lot of upside. Yeah, and I, this is I think one. It's important to note probably that 
I think senior film was probably the biggest driver of this than anything. And yeah. we had positioned him in five-star striking distance based off senior film. And then just, you know, he got, got that last little look to, to make sure all was good. But his senior film took a big leap and, and, and really, um, I think, cemented his status. Why don't you paint the, the, the DeMarcus Bowman picture? Because, you know, he's had a little bit of a, an interesting journey for us. I mean, he's, he's always really been in five-star range. Um, but I think you've been, you've had the finger on the pulse the most on, on that journey. Yeah. DeMarcus Bowman was really, I mean, he was the best high school player in the state of Florida as, as a junior. Uh, he kind of beat uh, St. Thomas Aquinas team that was nationally ranked. Really. If you look at that defense, I think the majority of players in the defense will be in, in, in at power five schools. He kind of beat them by himself. Uh, and it just had a, had a monster monster junior season. Um, his senior season wasn't quite as it was while, while equally productive from like a yards per carry standpoint, wasn't, uh, just as, as prolific as, as his junior year, they were blowing out teams. I think he rarely played in the second half and they kind of had an early, early loss, um, in the, uh, in, in the playoffs, but just kind of viewing. So I, I, and I, he didn't go to like many all-star events. So he kind of maybe flew under the radar a little bit there in terms of just, you know, getting eyeballs on him. But I think when you look at the whole body of work with, with Demarcus Bowman, you're talking about, he is a rocked up like five, nine, one ninety, but he has legit track speed. I think his, you know, he, he's run as, as low, I guess consistently runs sub 10 eights. He's run as fast as like a, like a 10, six, nine ish, um, which, which is moving for, especially for a guy kind of with, with his build. And you just look at how he runs, he runs super hard. Um, and I think when you look at running backs, uh, the ability to kind of be a, a home run hitter is something that, that, that translates, um, you know, to ultimately the NFL, most of these running backs that get picked high kind of have that, have that elite speed and ability to, to pull away once it, once they're in the open field and on top of with him kind of, you know, being a, a more of a compact, stouter build so uh, it kind of became a deal where it's like I, I don't like it, it was I think we were having the the conversation on on him being a five-star I was like I don't know like why he wouldn't be honestly there's just there was there's more reasons for him to be a five-star than not than not and I think that's kind of why he was in and he he really kind of fits the the profile for a running back who who ends up being really good in college and ultimately picked pretty high in the NFL at number 26 what the guy ironically the guy that made the biggest jump into the five-star range is probably the guy that we had the least amount of deliberation discussion on because everyone was just like, yep, he's a five, put him in. Like it's so Jack Nelson, who's a Wisconsin offensive line commit. Like that's just what a five-star offensive lineman looks like. Um, I started smelling five stars as soon as he walked in the lobby. Um, Just body type length, broad shoulders. And then I think, like you and I have sort of been tracking his progress over the last couple of years. And I, I'll give you props. Like, I think you were probably the the highest on him, the earliest. Um, but like just the way his body is developed and the athletic background he has, um, there, there, you know, there's a lot of reason to be very confident here. Yeah. And I, I think like maybe this time last year, I think on his profile, I said he was like 240 pounds or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, like just I think the stature and to me, Barton, it was really like seeing him in the, in, in the all star setting, maybe similar to like a Jordan Birch deal. He doesn't Jack Nelson doesn't play uh, like he doesn't he doesn't really go up against any defensive lineman who's going to be playing big time college football at the high school level. So it was really kind of getting a, a grasp on how does he translate when you put him on the field with these these elite defensive linemen. And I thought he looked 
Like he acquitted himself really well. He wasn't swimming. There was never a, a time in, in the week where Jack Nelson was like struggling to keep up or, or swimming, like adjusting to the competition. And I, I think with w- what I liked is we, we know how athletic he is. Um, and, and, but, but seeing kind of his functional strength and, and kind of how he was, uh, just well, like well proportioned and a bit like his ability to anchor on contact and all of that. Like, I, I think he, he passed the test pretty easily and then you kind of project forward with his his upside i mean he's still he's most of these linemen at wisconsin like they they've kind of put them put them in the oven and pull them out when they're when they're juniors so he he might not be in the field super early but i think we're going to look back and kind of when he's upperclassman and i think i have a hard time seeing him not being a a really like kind of like an all-league great offensive lineman and he can is a guy who can play i think they had him at guard in the game but i mean i think everybody agreed he was the you know a, a tackle and, and certainly one of the best ones that that we've seen in the cycle. So it was really wasn't like you said it wasn't it was just kind of getting him in that in that setting and maybe c- kind of confirming what what we were expecting going into the week. And he was I would say and look he got him at guard he was he got him on the inside which is a little tougher to, or a little easier to handle Brian Brzee when he's on the interior and the, when he has all that space to work with in one on ones. But I'd say he probably had the best reps against Brian Brzee of the week. Um, so you know he's just a man. He's good. Um, at number twenty-seven, uh, another Big Ten commit assignee, Peter Skoransky. Look, he's been sort of our pet project throughout. Like we've we've had a like we've liked him significantly more than the rest of the industry. He he went to the All American Bowl, and you know he's not some six six and a half like monster. Uh, he had a really good week, but he wasn't like like freakishly dominant but like uh, for whatever like we're very confident in this like we feel really good about this like he the way he like his feet his movement his functional strength his the way he can anchor the film he's put on uh that 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 he's put together in addition to to some of the the more sort of broad picture profile stuff that we've got on him it's just uh uh, like we're we're very against the grain relative to the industry, and yet I'm not really sweating this one. Yeah, and I, I think it, <clears throat> we kind of had the the thought that he pr- was probably the best interior lineman in, in this class, and I think seeing all those guys at at the All Star events, like there there's did nothing to really change change that thought. And Barton, I, I know like I you know pe- people probably look at this ranking and be like, man, they got a guy from Northwestern as a go this you know signed with northwestern as a five star but i mean skronsky was highly coveted like he was at yeah. the top of the board for like a lot of you know like elite programs that that recruit you know these these caliber five star prospects so um I, I think with me it was just yeah i mean he's i think he's the best interior lineman in the class interior lineman get picked in the first round every year i mean a, a lot of times there's more interior guys taken than tackles um and and you just kind of look at the the whole deal with him you know kind of being an elite thrower in track his video is is dominant uh he could really play uh you know he, he, he projects inside at the next level but he could play tackle in college he could really play all five positions um and you kind of factor that in with his strength and movement and i i i wasn't at the weigh-in so i, I think I, I was texting you know, kind of asking how he looked and i think barton i think you said man he's like he he looks the part right now like he's 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 ready to go from a physical standpoint square jawed monster yeah. calves just yeah yeah he's yeah. he's rocked up yeah so i just he's one that that really like there's just no there's really no holes to him as a prospect um barton can kind of moving on to the next one 
Uh, this is this is one that that, that you brought up. Uh, we were we, we we've liked him for a while. Um, Tim Smith, the, the Alabama signee, uh, just kind of he's one that was maybe a little out of sight, out of mind, just with him not going to a bunch of national events. But I think when we viewed him um, kind of in comparison to, to the, these, uh, these other prospects. Uh, he's one that we, we kind of zeroed in on as a five-star, but I, I know you kind of led, led the charge on that. And, um, you know, I, I guess just kind of what, what, what was our thought process for, for him going there? It seemed like he was, I think the more and more we talked about it, I think when we kind of, kind of were voting for the last spot, everybody had him as one. So uh, yeah. I guess it, it was kind of an interesting deal there. Yeah. Well, I think the, what's interesting about, about Tim Smith is I think his junior season, we felt like he might be a little overvalued. We felt like he looked a little sloppy, looked a little overweight, um, just di- didn't, weren't as confident in the trajectory there. And so, like you said, it was a little bit out of sight, out of mind. And he didn't go to any camps that, that I'm aware of. He was just not a not a guy that was super present in our in our mindset. And then senior season comes along and all of a sudden the Tim Tim Smith film comes out and it's like, holy cow. Like this is this is a different kid. Um I don't know whether he lost weight. I don't know whether he just moved the weight around a little bit, but he looked much more lean, athletic, and productive. And so unfortunately he wasn't in a game to it, but particularly when you like, we, we talked to some of our Florida guys who've seen him in person and, and, and they were throwing him right there in that category and that sort of tier with Dexter and Jalen Carter and, you know, probably putting those guys a, a hair above them, but still calling him right there in that mix. And the productivity was there, and then you sort of start to sniff around. He's a 51-foot shot put guy and 171-foot discus guy. And and you just – the more you watch that film, the more you're like, how did you not put him in here? And so he probably could have been a lot higher had he actually been in an All-American Bowl. Yeah, and I think like also he had like 35 tackles for loss. But but like you said, like just – he looks like a like he looks like a different prospect as a senior than than as a junior. Um, I I I believe he lost probably at least 20, 30 pounds. Like you watch it, like I th- I think I noted like watching his video, his 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 pants are baggy. You know, like he's uh he he's just a different guy um than, than he was. And I know that a, a lot of the a lot of our guys in Florida kind of viewed him as as one with with a really high ceiling. But but I think he kind of made a pretty good jump to, to realizing that. And, and, and like you said, Barton, it, it, it's a fun debate uh, on who the best defensive tackle is in Florida. It's going to be fun to look back on this, but I, I know like kind of, you know, all those schools think they, that, that they got the best one. So it, it'll be fun to watch. And, and I, I think with Tim Smith, it was really like, uh, I think we were fair in uh, making him a five-star, uh, but, but the other two kind of have to be ahead of him with, with just the, the exposure and, and right. how, how much we saw from them. But, um, man, like Tim Smith's from, from kind of the, the video and, and kind of what we've seen from him as just from a profile standpoint, like he's in that class and, and it'll be fun to kind of see how that shakes out. All right. We got four more to go to, to close out the, the top 32 and the five stars, uh, a 29 Ohio state quarterback, signee cj stroud uh i think we were you know we really felt like this was a turned out to be a pretty good quarterback year cj stroud to us clearly emerged as that number three guy starting at the elite 11 building into his 
just breakout senior season. And then we really liked him at the All-American Bowl, particularly during the week of practice. Yeah, and, and C.J. Stroud, like just to kind of paint the picture, he was a first-year starter as a junior, and he came out, he was really kind of he impressed at the Elite 11 Regional, and then he went to the finals and was the MVP, was great there. Um, and that, that's kind of was really kind of his, his jumping off point. And then he comes out as a senior and basically like over doubles his production from a junior to senior year. So it really was just a, a kind of an instance of him maybe being a, a little bit more of like a late bloomer from, from a high school player standpoint. And then w- when we get out there to, to the All-American Bowl, like there, there were times where he was maybe better than Bryce or DJ throw to throw. Right. So um, he, he – there was, I would say, at the minimum, very little drop off in, in in the play from Bryson DJ to CJ Stroud, and kind of what impressed me, Barton, and and I, I think you probably landed on on, on the same was uh, just his ability to kind of move in the pocket. I think looking at him in high school, he doesn't really run for a ton of yards, so you're kind of getting a grasp for his mobility. Um, and, and kind of, I thought he was looked maybe better than I expected there. Um, you know, hanging in the pocket, dropping the ball vertically downfield accurate uh, and really for a guy who hasn't maybe been like you know as coached up from a you know private quarterback coach perspective and he's a basketball player two years started in high school um you wouldn't know it watching him he he is in terms of the, the polish and just his uh, ability to kind of operate in that really kind of unfavorable all-star setting um you know as 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 good as the other two so uh and i, I think when you were, when we're viewing this like quarterback such a premium position it was like it was like why why would he not be a five star yeah so um i i think he really kind of separated himself as the third one in this class and given how good bryce and dj are it, that doesn't mean you know cj Stroud shouldn't be a five star either uh i'd say those 30 or those 29 are probably the ones that we were sort of most um convicted on uh or had the most conviction on the the last three. You know, there's a there's a lot of names we were jostling around for these final three spots. Um, at number thirty, the highest ups, maybe the highest upside guy of of any of these questionable ones. Um, a questionable is the wrong word, but but Broderick fringe, Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah fringe yeah. guys. Um, Broderick Jones lands at thirty. Uh, we had some some I think pretty interesting um, internal like debate on on just exactly what we should do with Broderick Jones. Do you do you yeah. want to do you want to kick that off? Yeah, so um Broderick Jones was one that we really hadn't we we saw him at the, at the Future 50 this time last year and he was great. And then um you know just not a whole lot of high school video to go off of like he wasn't like really putting out his highlights or anything. Um so a little out of sight out of mind there. We showed to Under Armour and man like he he's the best offensive lineman there. Uh I think in terms of his his body and just kind of the natural uh, physical skill set in, in that setting is probably the best in the class. Like I would take Broderick Jones just from um, you know kind of kind of in that setting. Like he looked better than Paris Johnson to me, kind of throughout that week. Uh, elite length. He's got like a really strong base um, in, in terms of his his lower body, uh, and, and he really kind of shut down like a lot of really a lot of good edge rushers um at, at Under Armour and and I think viewed in it was important this is this is why it's so good to kind of have this collaborative process where everybody's kind of giving different perspectives so viewed in that context of <clears throat> of the Under Armour week I kind of came out of there saying I, this guy might be like a top five prospect uh in viewing him in that vacuum I, I still feel like that 
is fair. But Barton, I mean, you kind of reel me back in on that, and we're like, well, let, let's let, let, let's dig into the tape. Like, there's obviously a, a lot, you know, that more that goes into that than just this performance. And when we were kind of going through um, doing our due diligence on his on his high school stuff, they're definitely like he he can. There's a little bit to be desired with with his physicality level as a run blocker. Um, I think the upside is still there. It's it's very yeah. tantalizing, but <laughs> um, but he like maybe compared to a Paris Johnson, um, he is not pr- that level of uh, tenacious and, and embracing contact at the high school level. And ultimately, that like that's that's a key thing you look for for offensive linemen so I, I know you could probably expound a little more on that but I think that's kind of where we landed on, on on him being being at 30 which is which is you know lower than the composite but uh you know I, I but he's still like obviously a really really high upside no, there, uh, offense tackle yeah yeah I think there's no question that he could be a, a, ultimately land at a top five pick he definitely has that sort of upside and that and even on his high school tape you see that I mean just the the light-footed like ability for him to just the way he moves, the, just the, the um, he has that elite athleticism that you don't see very often. But while I say he has the upside to be drafted fifth overall or whatever, he also has a floor to where you don't get drafted at all because there is an element on film when you watch his teammates and you watch him just in the course of a game. How much does he really like this? Like how much? Like if if he doesn't have to engage with anyone. There are times when he just might choose not to, and so I think you have to just sort of factor that into the equation when you're talking about an offensive lineman because they got to like it. I mean, the mentality is part of it; is a big right. part of it, and that position in particular. And so that that's just a you know just sort of a safety net we got to make give ourselves uh, when we look at him, and uh, still very much a, an elite upside guy, but you know, worries me a little bit to go top 10 only because we're just not positive on his demeanor. Right. Right. Uh, um, 31 Demond Demas, the man who didn't play his senior year because of transfer rules. Uh, another, I say relatively polarizing guy. Um, I, you know, I'll start with them. I think one thing like that, that we had to sort of decide is how much, how, how much do we believe in him? when we consider that at the receiver position being big and fast is not the end all be all and he is big and he is fast. Um, but is he, is he a true receiver? And I think even the guys that were saw him at poly bowl came away, like without exactly a resounding yes on those things, you know, like uh, Biggins and Huffman and those guys, you know, they said, Hey, you know, times he's, you know, was just okay as a route runner, just okay as a pass catcher. But, I think what we landed on here was just he is a freak athlete. He he does have a kind of a level of horsepower that very few receivers in this class have. And if he hits, we don't want to be on the other side of the five star range with him. Sure. Yeah, and and I, I think his his polish and and that's something that's like you said, Barton, really important as a receiver. Um, and I think when you look at receivers who who pan out, a lot of times they're they typically kind of break out and, and are polished at a, at, a, at a young age. Um, but his, his he definitely kind of has some some areas where he can improve as as the polish. But like you said, like the upside is is pretty incredible. Uh, he's 
you know, one of the best athletes in the class. He and Julian Fleming, I think, are are tit for tat in, in kind of their their, their testing numbers and, and whatnot. And uh, he he makes some plays that that few, if any, in in this class can make. Um, so so that's something we we have to consider. But then you kind of hedge it where um, his his floor is is certainly lower than than the receivers that that are ranked ahead of him. So I, I think it's just kind of with us getting getting that that trying to find that balance there. Um, and, you know, missing a senior year, it's, I, I think it, it definitely didn't help him, but I, I don't think we, we overly penalized him for that. And he, and he was productive as, as a junior playing, I guess, you know, not, not, not a great competition, but he, I think he averaged a touchdown almost every other touch. So um, it wasn't like he, he wasn't productive at the high school level either um, when, when given that opportunity. So um, I, I think he's one that, that I, I felt Pretty strongly, he should be a five star. Um, and and I think getting him in that last couple spots, um, kind of, kind of hedges. Uh, or it, it, it is a good representation of of as as being a, a really high ceiling, but maybe a little lower floor than the guys ahead of him. All right, so our final final five star number thirty two is the only uncommitted of the bunch, um, Alfred Collins, out of Texas, and I I'd, I'd say. This was almost like a safe play for us. Is is the way I I, I felt about it. Um, there were some there were probably some some guys we could have thrown in there that were a little more of a gamble. Um, Alfred Collins just feels like he has a, a really high floor. Um, uh, the, the body type is there that checks off in a in a huge way. He was good enough at the All American Bowl, and ultimately this is another one that it just. It, it, it circles back to just senior film. I mean, that, that's really what I think did it for Alfred Collins, who had a huge year and I think took a big jump. And I, I like to I, I like to bet on trajectory. I like to bet on, you know, those big jumps late in their career, particularly for a guy with the size of Alfred Collins, because like what's the next jump going to look like? Um, and so, you know, I think Alfred Collins, given – the the unique traits physically that he brings to the table and given the way he, he you know he he balled out as a senior and what he can do on the basketball court and just sort of the the athleticism he's shown uh it felt like uh it felt like the right thing it felt like the the safe play yeah and and i think the fact that he's already he's a great player at the high school level and is still kind of like a like a Jervon Dexter still kind of figuring it out and and like with, with he had 35 tackles for a loss and is still kind of we view him as like an upside guy uh and, and so and I, I think you know viewing him in context uh, of, of everybody else i think from just a, a stature standpoint walking through the door he's among the most impressive in, in this class he was like what was he like six five uh he was six six five 284 with 35 inch arms and 10 and a half inch hands um, just kind of a, a really a, seeing him at the All American Bowl. He's the guy out there on the field. You're like, who is that? Like, he just sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, and, and then kind of factoring in with, you know, his his senior year. I think going through the the defensive linemen as seniors. I think he and Tim Smith were probably the two that that kind of it was pretty evident that kind of what those guys did on film and, and their productivity and how impressive they were um, that 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 last year of high school. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a lot of questions with him. I think he's the arrows only pointing up and uh, to be as, to be as good right now uh, w- with how early he is in, in his development, uh, I think he's going to only, you know, he's going to get way better in his first or second year on campus. 
So that's one through thirty-two. Uh, Charles, I would say probably maybe the like thirty-three was Zachary Evans or is the running back. Darnell Washington, Georgia commit tight end, uh, is thirty-four. Demoy Kennedy, thirty-five. Derek Wingo, thirty-six, and G. Scott, thirty-seven. I'd say those five are maybe the guys that had the most discussion as potential five stars that that got left on the sort of the cutting room floor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that, or is there anyone else you'd add yeah. in there that, that you yeah, think, I would yeah. say that's probably that probably was the main the main five. Yeah. Um, so uh, all guys that that we could very well see be future NFL first rounders. Um, and as we sit here at about an hour and a half into this thing, if anybody's still listening, um, this was, I think a really fun year, um, and a really good group of players. And I think that, uh, I don't know about you, but like I, this is, I'd say this one through 32 is one of the groups I'm more confident in, in terms of our final product of guys that I think will hit. I think comparing it to last year, I, 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 I really do. Like we're we're gonna do like our own like individual five stars and maybe comparing it to last year like I, I this is my this this would be my top thirty two for sure yeah. like I I don't um there's no one that's outside that that I would really have a, a super strong case or to me maybe as strong a case as as we did last year to, to be in I, I think um yeah I, I think a lot of it's just about putting guys that putting a, the five star stamp on the ones that we feel the best about honestly so um that's kind of where I landed on it, but I, I feel pretty good about, about the group as a whole. So for those of you still listening, we appreciate it. Um, check in with 24 seven sports for more continued coverage on our final rankings release, as well as uh, a continued lead up to national signing day for 2020. And uh, then we will get going on 2021. So uh, happy national signing day here in about a week or so. And uh Stay tuned to 24-7 Sports for everything else you need moving forward. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!